Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. And he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. Luke 18 and verse 1. These words reveal the close link between the consistency of our prayers and the condition of our hearts. Failing to pray leads to heart failure, spiritual heart failure. So on the other hand, faithfulness in prayer is one of the ways that we strengthen our hearts. As we focus, uh, as we have turned our focus the past week uh, to strengthening the heart, last week we discussed uh, personal soul care and that our obligation uh, as men of God, as servants in the kingdom, uh, and if you're listening to this as um, as as a woman, uh, a, a teacher, uh, an evangelist, if you will, in, in the mission field, uh, Proverbs four and verse twenty three: Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. That's our our look, um, our approach. God has designed prayer uh, to play a very central part in my life and in yours. So that's true for all Christians, but especially for those of us who have given. Um, who have been given, really, the privilege and responsibility of preaching and teaching God's Word. Faithful preaching requires devoted praying. I'll say that again. Faithful preaching requires devoted praying. The apostles understood this, and they determined to prioritize prayer alongside preaching. Acts 6 and verse 4, we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the Word, a very specific act. and a very specific work. So God intends preaching and prayer to be intimately joined uh, together. And what God has joined together, let no preacher separate. Uh, But what does it look like for a preacher to remain devoted both to prayer and the Word? How do we make prayer an integral, you know, uh, part of the preaching process? How are we to strengthen our souls in prayer so that we don't lose heart? I believe um, one of the best answers lies in the integrating prayer uh, or integrating prayer uh, throughout the entire preaching process from really from from the beginning to the end, start to finish. So here is what that could look like in practice. Very um, practical lesson for today. Let's talk about before the sermon. Um, Let's talk about praying about uh, what to preach. Um, I'm preaching through the book of Matthew uh, right now. Uh, I'm in chapter 9 this Sunday, uh, Lord willing, and I plan to preach this these sets of sermons uh, about um, about October of last year, and and I'm going through things now in my personal life that I need this exact preaching. I didn't plan this. This is what you call providence. Okay, this is this is how good and great our God is, and that I'm having to study, learn, absorb, imbibe, and to preach and to teach. Um, and proclaim what it is that I actually need myself. That's that's the beautiful thing about our God and about preaching. So when we pray about what to preach, many preachers are going to work through a book of the Bible or a section of that book. Um, they'll often add additional uh, maybe topical expositions between the series or, or maybe deal with needed topics or something comes up or maybe it's an untimely death or, or whatever and... Um, and you just have to interject things as you go along. But but praying about the series or praying about the very specific sermon uh, means that 
maybe maybe waiting on the Lord for ideas, for insights regarding you know what series to plan. As as you think about things, don't don't plan to preach something on Monday that you're going to preach on Sunday. I mean, have a plan, uh, be and be prayerful about that. You know, ask the Lord what what should I preach? And of course, you need to have your physical hand on the pulse of the church. You need to be in the rooms with your elders. You need to be. Um, you know, you need to be ministering to people in their homes, going to ball games and tea parties and other things of the, of the members of the church. You know, knowing the brethren is um, is half the battle. Knowing what they're going through and what they need, and so not only do you minister very specifically to each other, but maybe you can maybe you can use uh, what you've been um, ministering to or through or um, to the church, take it to the pulpit, if your brethren will allow you. I mean, if it's, if it's that type of topic. But you need to pray uh, about, those, about those particular things. You know, sometimes ideas come very unexpectedly. Sometimes it's a, a bumper sticker. Uh, but whatever it is, in the course of life and ministry, you're going to have things come along that you're going to think, you know what, I'd love to interject this right here and right now. But be prayerful about it. Be prayerful. Uh, and almost always, the choice of what to preach you know, combines my sense and your sense and the needs of the congregation uh, with our own interest in a particular book of the Bible or topic or, or what have you. So pray about what to preach. Number two, um, praying during uh, sermon exegesis. As we study the Bible, as we study our sermons, we should pray that, that we would be granted the ability to accurately understand the message of the text. God, James is very specific. If you want wisdom, ask of God. That's prayer. So we echo the words of King David. Psalm 119 and verse 18, Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. Prayer during exegesis plays out really as a running conversation with the Lord. Uh, Lord, help me understand how this verse fits into the flow of the passage. Maybe ask the question, what am I missing here? Um, or, or, Lord, what is the main message of this text? How does this text fit into the chapter? How does the chapter fit into the book? How does the book fit into the scheme of the gospel or the book of the Bible overall? Or what does this look like? So having a, a strong, solid, correct hermeneutic, because we can't have a poor hermeneutic, uh, that's going to be the heartbeat. So you need to be prayerful about sermon exegesis. So um, in a sense, this is what it means to do sermon uh, study, uh, Coram Dio, or, or Before the Face of God. We see sermon preparation um, a, a, as an ongoing conversation with God about His Word. And so in this way, sermon preparation becomes a part of our own personal spiritual development. Don't let this be all of your spiritual development, as we talked about last week. Have a personal study that's completely unrelated to your sermon, but in this sermon, you are going to grow. So number two, uh, pray during sermon exegesis. Number three, pray during sermon development. This is the primary goal uh, of our study is to come to a very clear understanding of the message, of maybe the dominant message of the passage, uh, the very big idea that's within here. But even after we have come to, the, to, to clarity on the major message of the text, um, we, we need the ability that God gives, uh, Titus 2, verse 11 through 14, uh, that he gives us the abilities, First uh, Peter four ten and eleven, uh, to craft uh, impactful sermons uh, around the meaning of that text, and so we need to pray. 
In his book, Deep Preaching, Kent Edwards gives some very helpful uh, instruction to preachers about how to make a prayer more central part uh, of sermon development. Uh, drawing on Jesus' words uh, about entering into a private place to pray, Matthew 6, 5, and 6. Edwards encourages preachers to take their uh, exegetical findings to their prayer closet, and he even provides a list of closet questions, and, and those are very good. I would, I would suggest that you find that deep preaching by Kent Edwards, and it really helps you and I as we prayerfully consider the process uh, of the truth of a passage in the presence of God. And so Edwards, he goes on to exercise, he was exercised uh, to develop these closet questions after listening to one of his, his students' sermons in a seminary preaching class. Uh, so as a homiletics professor, Edwards had, had to give the sermon an A because it was very well crafted uh, and it was a technical precision, you know, if you will, but at the same time he was troubled. The sermon, um, while methodologically was excellent it was really spiritually flat and so edward says that the student had gazed at the spirit and this was his quote he had gazed at the truth of the scripture without being overwhelmed by it he had held the truth in his hand but unlike jeremiah he had not eaten it he knew god's word externally but not internally the sermon was shallow so to develop deeper sermons, Edwards calls for preachers to spend time in prayer after they've done their initial exegesis. They've discovered the big idea of the passage, and he encourages them to focus their prayers by looking in five directions. Number one, look backwards. Why was this exegetical idea necessary for its original recipients? Number two, look upward. What is God revealing about himself in this text? Number, two, number three, look inward. What is God saying to me in this text? Number four, look outward. What does God want to accomplish in this text? And number five, look forward. What could negate the process I have just made through this text? I have personally found that taking time to prayerfully work through these questions helps me clarify uh, the purpose, the discernment, the direction that the sermon should take. Spending closet time talking with God about the implications of a passage can prepare me and prepare you uh, to manuscript a message that is both true to the text of Scripture but also helpful to the hearts of the hearers. So, number one, pray about what to preach. Then pray during sermon exegesis. And then pray during sermon development. But number four, praying before you preach. Praying before the sermon has taken several forms um, over the course of of my years in preaching, um, and I'm sure it has for you. Uh, when you pray, how you pray, what it looks like, what you're asking for, all all that changes as you develop as as a personal preacher. Um, maybe it's a Saturday night. You sit down with your manuscript. Uh, you prayerfully work through it. You 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 align your your sermon with other scriptures. You make sure that you don't. Um, grieve the Spirit of God by preaching something that isn't true or something that is in um, in opposition to another verse. you got to make sure that that's absolutely uh, in harmony, in unison. Um, but pray and, and sit and listen uh, to your sermon. How, what does it sound like? Uh, maybe have somebody else read your, read your manuscript, if you do manuscript. Um, some of you don't. That's fine. Uh, but, but if you do... Um, 
Maybe have somebody else read it. Uh, be prayerful about it and, uh, and about the impact that it will have as you, as you proclaim it. Some preachers uh, take time uh, walking through the room where they will preach, pausing to pray. Um, a good friend of mine, Jeremy Thornton, he preaches at the Highway 77 Church in, uh, in Arkansas. And uh, he goes by every, um, every pew, every spot, and he prays for the member that sits there uh, as, as they have things going on, as they hear his sermons, as they take uh, the truth of God's Word to their heart. He prays for those people. Very, just an amazing, amazing practice to have. Um, many, many preachers gather uh, for prayer with a group of leaders. I know growing up, if you served on the table, we met in a particular side room and we prayed. Um, I, I find that very fitting for you as the preacher, maybe your elders, uh, your worship leaders, um, whatever they are, getting together and praying, you know, for and over each other. Um, that's that's beautiful. That's that's <laughs> that is very um, that's a very spiritual, very encouraging thing to do. Uh, I, I would I would definitely say go down that road. Um, maybe it's maybe it's prayer, you know, with a group of godly men. You know, like I said before, Sunday service. Maybe it's afterwards. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's Monday. Maybe it's maybe Monday a staff meeting day, and you're there with the elders and the secretary and the other ministers that are there, and you're praying about what you have going on. But but pray, pray, and pray before you preach. Pray with those men. Maybe it is a Monday, Lord. I I pray that what is coming out Sunday when I'm preaching Sunday will be truth. It will be what it needs to be, and it will lay on the the hearts and the ears of the hearers, and they would be hearers and doers, not just hearers only. Uh, and maybe ask other people to pray for you during the week. I've got this sermon. It's coming up. This is a difficult one, or maybe there's a lot to this one. Have people pray for you before you preach. So let's move on. Let's talk about during or after the sermon. Sometimes I pray um, very first thing when I get up there. Um, I'll open my Bible. If I have notes, I'll lay those out there. And uh, we'll pray before I preach. Sometimes we'll introduce the text, and um, or, or rather I'll introduce the text, or, or and then read the text, and then pray. Or maybe maybe it's one of those sermons that just needs to go about 90 miles an hour, and you've got to take the plane off and land it, but at the end, I'm going to pray. One of the things I don't want to happen is for brethren to respond just emotionally. Um, Curtis Cates, one of my instructors in the school of preaching, said, you don't want your brethren necessarily to respond on an emotional high. And not to discourage responses, but you don't want brethren to respond for emotion's sake only, because emotions change. He said, more people need to respond to the Sunday morning sermon on Sunday night because they've went home and they've processed and they tried to watch their ball game or their race or their golf or whatever. Uh, they, they tried to get out and cut the grass. Uh, maybe they laid down to take a nap and they couldn't sleep. And all they saw was the ceiling fan turning because the sermon pricked their heart that much. And so they respond Sunday night publicly because they had thought about it all day. That's, that's very beautiful. But be, be prayerful as you preach. As preachers, we tend to, you know, see our sermons as delivered uh, to those in the congregation. We sometimes forget that, that our sermons are also offerings that are given to God. Uh, it's a part of the worship. You're not there just to uh, perform. 
like a like a monkey with a tambourine. Uh, you're there to worship God, and you're exalting God through your Scripture, and you want to pray about that uh, and be prayerful about that. Our sermons are spiritual sacrifices. They are absolutely, here it is, the fruit of our lips that acknowledge His name, Hebrews 13, 15. We can have a dual conversation going on as we preach. Outwardly, we present the message we've developed to the congregation. Inwardly, we're crying to God for His help. You know, we hold communion with God even as we speak to people. Some of the sweetest and strongest times of, uh, of, of God's presence comes as we preach God's Word in communion with Him because you physically know, you spiritually know that you are keeping step with the Holy Spirit of God through His Word and through your exegesis, through your exposition. That's a very beautiful time. And so not only are you reaching the hearts of those people, but you are crying out to God. So be prayerful about that. And then pray after you preach. Um, privately. Take it to yourself. Um, God's evaluation of our sermons is much broader than we often realize. You know, He evaluates how we use our time, our energy to prepare, you know, to preach. And He looks at our motives as we preach. We, he also examines, you know, how we, how we process things once the sermon is over. Do we swell up with pride on days we receive, you know, an unusual amount of affirmation? Do we give way to insecurity? On days that the sermon felt lifeless, that you thought, I just, I literally just threw up in that pulpit, and I'm just the worst, or the worst there's ever been, you know. Um, your emotions are going to be all up and down the place. You need to be prayerful about those things. Uh, Lord, keep me from uh, too much that I put pride in myself, or, or keep me from too little that I have to uh, go out and find satisfaction outside of your will. So this is why we must continue to pray even after we finish preaching. Um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, he, he warned his seminary students um, that their hearts would be especially vulnerable immediately after they finished preaching. For this reason, we must not only pray as we prepare or as we proclaim God's Word, but we must also pray when we finish God's Word, uh, finish His sermon. Whether the sermon seemed to soar or whether it seemed to sink, we should pray. We, we, carry, um, we carry our, our hearts, really. Uh, they're either buoyant or they're bruised. Uh, carry them either way into God's presence. We offer up praise by the privilege of being a preacher of His Word uh, or a teacher of His Word. We surrender to Him and the impact or maybe the perceived lack of impact of the sermon so in short, we, we worship by offering up the entire preaching experience, good or bad, to the Lord. Prayer and the preacher's soul. As preachers, we often see preaching as something that we do to shape the souls of our listeners. And, and we do. But we can forget that God has a much larger agenda. He is also using the preaching process to shape the soul of the preacher. preacher. Preaching is not just about communicating God's truth. It is also about communing with the God of truth. So thus far in the second half of this first season of this podcast, we focused on spiritual practices, this, this soul care, now this prayer that will strengthen our souls to proclaim God's Word. Next week, I want to turn to very, a very deep, heart-level conviction that provides protection and direction as we prepare to preach, setting our hearts to stay 
on the expository path. May God be with you.